It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast for 2023, well and truly underway, of course, available every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcast from. It is a Monday, the 6th of March. Hope you had a fantastic weekend, whatever you were up to, maybe a bit of downtime just relaxing and if you were chasing real estate I hope that that was fruitful and meaningful around any property transactions that you might have been doing. Of course tomorrow it's another RBA rate rise and some of my friends suggesting at the weekend that perhaps the March rate rise won't happen and that the RBA might consider giving mortgage holders a bit of a break. Nice idea, I said, but highly unlikely. And tomorrow we will find out what is in store for mortgage holders relating to the numbers and when they fall. And just talking about mortgages, I see across in the US that mortgage applications for home purchases declined by 6% last week compared to the previous week. And the decline brings the volume to a 28-year low and 44% lower than the same time 12 months ago. And rates have increased by 50 basis points in the past month with applications to refinance home loans. They were also down 6% for last week and 74% lower year on year. So in all of this, the upward pressure on rates and economic activity is signalling that inflation may not be cooling as fast as they would like to see in the US. And that is important for us to watch and keep tabs on here in Australia. What to buy, where to live and things to avoid every morning on The Real Estate Podcast. And this morning we are going to be revisiting the whole affordability factor for coastal smaller towns that have been discovered since COVID unleashed itself on us and we are going to be highlighting one such coastal spot not far from Melbourne and we'll be talking about that spot. Also we talk about affordable rents, the housing crisis and we will catch up with Hal Pawson and that is all on the way in just a moment. If you're celebrating your birthday today for March the 6th, happy birthday to you. You're celebrating with Shaquille O'Neal or as he's affectionately known as Shaq, he's turning 51. Tom Arnold, you might remember from Roseanne, he is turning 64. Kiki D, who made that song famous with Elton John, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, she is turning 76. And David Gilmore, the guitarist and co-lead vocalist of Pink Floyd, he is blowing out the candles. And there's a few of them, there's 77. Today. It's the Real Estate Podcast across Australia, seven days a week. 
It's the main centre forecast. And let's have a look at weather on this Monday morning around the country. And Sydney, I can tell you that you are heading for your hottest day of the year. 36 is in the forecast, so keep up the liquids. Melbourne expecting a mainly fine one as well. Bit of cloud cover, keeping the temperature down to 24. Brisbane, a mainly fine day with 31. And in Perth, blue skies, a little bit of a sou'wester and your high of 29 degrees. From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between. Every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. Well, we have talked about the great migration to coastal living, sleepy towns that have come to life, much to the disgust of some of the locals. And Greg Shawinski is at a coastal location this morning and whereabouts is the spot. Well, we're 25 kilometres south, southeast from Melbourne, so an easy commute into the city. Nice little harbour as well, fishing boats, all that sort of stuff, but easy commute into the city. Yeah, we're super popular at the moment. And I'm guessing that this is a bit of a, a well-kept secret from people living interstate, or has the secret managed to escape and filter out, Greg? Well, I think given the demand we've got at the moment, we've seen some softening around Australia on markets at the moment. We haven't. We've sort of got a limited stock and still got high demand. I would think maybe the secret has got out. Yeah, okay. And a few days ago, I was talking about the importance of infrastructure. In your area, you had a freeway, a nine-kilometre bypass between Clayton and Frankston. So what sort of a difference did that make in terms of property values? Oh, they've been fantastic. So especially for sort of what was some of the busier roads around here, some of the reports coming back, there's been a 50 or 60% reduction in traffic. And we've seen some properties go to the market since that freeway opened that were on busier roads that have become quieter and remarkable uh, increases in prices. It also means the amenity for the area has improved as well as far as, you know, if you wanted to go surfing down the peninsula, it's got easier. And obviously, if you want to head up towards Clayton Way, it's got easier as well. So you jump on a freeway and How much of a factor from either buyers locally or further afield are you hearing the request about just wanting to live quieter, like a more tranquil, peaceful lifestyle with a setting of less traffic? Oh, 100%. COVID's done that. People want amenity, they want they want the beach life, they want a quieter life, but they also, you know, I mean, a lot of them are working from homes. Yeah, all that comes into it at the moment. But also having everything on your doorstep is very important to every buyer we deal with. Yeah, we seem to just want it all, all these days. What are you seeing in the local market? You mentioned that, you know, things are still sort of moving forward. We're still seeing prices are quite strong. It's a great time to be selling from the point of view that the prices are still what they were due to demand and because of the area. We haven't seen the, the you know, the softening of the market that some markets have seen around Australia. And classic homes with a good size block on them. I understand you can get that where you are with room for the boat and a caravan or perhaps a motorhome. 100%. Yeah, we've still got them. They're sort of, you know, in between 600 and 800 blocks and sometimes bigger, but yeah, they come up. Not as many as we would like, of, of course. If we had more, we could sell more. But uh, yeah, the people that are here uh, tend to hold on to them fairly tightly. So when they come up, they're pretty uh, hotly contested. What about the main street? There's been a bit of a development there for apartments. So people that are looking at maybe downsizing or just living that apartment lifestyle, there's a bit of that going on? Yep. Notice that in particular during COVID, had some apartments getting up to, you know, one and a quarter million dollars in the main street. 
apartments popular. Again, that low, easy lifestyle, but also having everything on your doorstep. You know, there's plenty of good cafes with more cafes and restaurants opening here as well. I know we got a three-level Mexican opening shortly, a specialty beer bar opening up shortly, and, and that's already on top of multiple cafes, restaurants and bars and, and sporting clubs and stuff like that. People with apartments want all that. They walk out their front door onto the main street and it's there. We have painted the picture. People are probably holding on, wondering, where is the location? I know it's close to Melbourne, so you better reveal to those listening where you are. Yeah, we're down in Mordialic, which is, like I said, 25 kilometres south-southwest of the city, down on the beach at Mordialic. We feature market updates, interviews and trends. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast. And we are talking with Hal Pawson this morning. And Hal, what can a good landlord be thinking about in this whole rental market and housing crisis? Because we have many, many great landlords. There are a few rogue ones, but you're going to get that in any industry. But what should they be in particular thinking about in terms of the current social housing dilemma? Well, um, I mean, there, there is there is obviously sort of some social responsibility that comes with being a landlord, whether you are a private individual or a company or, or indeed a you know not-for-profit provider. There's a certain amount of regulation that goes around that. But yeah, what would um, what would a private landlord, uh, an individual, well, what could they do that's voluntarily on on their part? Yeah, you're right. There are good landlords and bad landlords. The conditions in the market are providing an opportunity for landlords to raise the rent at the moment. And indeed, you know, many have been doing that over the last six, nine, 12 months at least, significantly at rates which are much greater than we've seen in the last, well, any time since 2008, actually. On average across the country, we've been seeing, looking at rent increases of around about 8% annually. Well, that's far above the, the norm for, you know, the historical, the last 10 years or so, two or 3% would be normal. And looking at rental affordability, most in the rental market will say, what affordability? COVID has been instrumental in making many, many Australians more wealthy through their property portfolios than anyone could have predicted. But of course, at the other end, COVID has also made it dire for those in need, hasn't it? You're absolutely right. I mean, the COVID experience of the last two years has had a much bigger and quite different impact on the housing system than we, I think anybody or very, very few people expected. And that's really true in both the house sales market and the rental market. The rental market, I think, is, is the part of it, the private rental market is the part of it that's most directly relevant to the stress on the social housing system because rising rents that we've seen at rates that you know we've, haven't been recorded in Australia for well over a decade have already pushed a lot of people, um, low-income renters, towards, well, more insecurity and, you know, the risk that they really can't keep up those payments and, you know, they might face having to hand in their keys or... Or, you know, landlords actually removing tenants who are falling into unacceptable arrears. For many commentators, analysts in the field in Australia, many of them look towards particularly the German-speaking countries, Switzerland, Germany, Austria. They all have more stable housing systems, less volatile housing systems than we do. Austria in particular, a very large and also very well-managed social housing sector, more than a quarter of the whole housing stock. It's huge by Australian standards, you know, five times or more bigger than Australia's equivalent. 
So those three countries are some of those that are often held up. Another country which has recently been mentioned quite a lot more as a, an example um, that we perhaps should be looking at is Singapore. And that's more because the state has a much bigger role in the housing system in, in Singapore than in, than in Australia and in most other countries. And so the state is a major developer and owner of land and developer of housing than in most other countries. And it's developing, the state, um, Singapore government develops housing mostly for sale to homeowners. So it's not, it's not, it's kind of just, it's a bit different to our public housing system, but it does enable housing to be developed and um, sold to first home buyers um, at a sort of non-profit price. So it has an affordability benefit or and there's an affordability argument that is part of the reason why people are starting to, I think, talk more about the Singapore model. Very, very different from Australia, but maybe there's something we can learn from that. Well, there's certainly plenty of things that you have mentioned there to think about. I know we'll have to get you back at another time to discuss more of this. Hal, thank you. Thanks. I'd be very happy to come on again. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.